How did this tradition get started? I'll tell you. I don't know. But it's a tradition. And because of our traditions, every one of us knows who he is and what God expects him to do. And we'll spend our time talking to her, learning stuff, and having fun while we learn. You can always send your questions in the comments to our mailbag at letstalktorah.gmail.com, and I will answer as many as I can. Or, or, you can go to our new webpage, letstalktorah.net, no apostrophes, letstalktorah.net, everything is there, the old shows are there, you want to... A link into any of the uh, podcast platforms that you like to listen to your podcasts on. They're all right there. You can send messages to the show. You can talk to us. You can donate. You can help the show grow. Um, and please hit that donate button. There's all kinds of levels there, and everything is appreciated. So whatever you can do for the show would be just amazing. It'll help us grow. It'll help us pay for running the studio. And, of course, in advance, I do thank you. So in the last show, we spent a lot of time just laying the groundwork, talking about a Nazir. If you don't know what a Nazir is, go back and listen to the last show, why someone becomes a Nazir. We also started touching on. Um, but in the last show, we at the very end, we started talking about the most famous Nazir in Jewish history, and that is Samson, or Shimshon Agibar. Samson, we said, is a Nazir from his birth. He cannot drink wine his whole life. He cannot cut his hair. Um, he has to act as a Nazir. And we want to delve into Samson's life, some of the lessons that are good for all of us, and to try to comprehend this complicated person. As always, especially when we're, when we're learning the prophets, Nothing is as it seems. There's like a microscope on these people's lives, and what seems to be perhaps horrific is not as bad as it all looks. But the, certainly when we talk about great people, the Torah magnifies their smallest um, indiscretions. So we're going to talk about Samson, talk about his life. So all we really talked about in the last show was the angel coming to Samson's parents, and Samson's parents did not realize that it was an angel. And the angel had informed them that they're going to have a child, and he must be a Nazir from when he's born, and no wine, and no cutting his hair. And the parents are to do the same. The parents are to basically act... As a Nazir. So there's no wine in the house. It's not like having wine by the meals, but little Samson, you can't have any. It's nobody's having wine. So it is interesting as a um, as a start, not so much involved with Samson, but an important lesson people talk about all the time. The angel was telling the parents, if you want your son to be able to grow up as a Nazir, you're going to have to act as a Nazir also. Because children learn from what they see, 
not from what we just tell them. Telling children is not enough. They have to see it's you. So I happen to be reading a fantastic book. Um, it's called Spare the Child by someone actually with my name. Um, almost my name. His name is Yechiel Yakovzin. Um, the book, it was, um, it was fairly recently translated into English. It's, um, I don't know if it's a bestseller, but it's certainly making the, the round. It's in all the Jewish bookstores. Spare the Child. It is an amazing book explaining how parents should be parenting, how teachers should be teaching, really giving us a good feeling of how to take care of children that they should want to behave the way we would like them to behave. And you, you got to get through the whole book. Like I'm actually towards the end of the book, and what I saw here is really what's going on with Samson and his parents. He explains this concept that children do as they see, not what they're told, is not so simple. We're not putting on a play. We're not pretending that, uh, um, let's say for argument's sake, um, you want to teach your child not to play on a phone, on a, on a smartphone. You want your child to have a good conversation. So your child comes home from school and you like are, you're hiding your phone like on the side of the couch as if you've been reading a book or having a conversation with somebody. You know, we're not fooling anybody. Kids know exactly who we are. So when we say when teachers say, when educators say, when, when the rabbis say over here that children learn from what they see, not from what they're told, it doesn't mean you put on a play and you pretend that whatever it is that you're trying to show your child, that ABC is important to you, and if you ever make a mistake, the child will learn the wrong thing. And uh, again, if it's a play, if it's a skit, if it's pretend... The children see right through it. It's okay to make mistakes. And my children won't learn from my mistakes. If my children see what's real, what I truly believe in, not what I say. If I say one thing, oh, you know, you should really be spending an hour every night in Torah study. I believe in it, but, you know, I have a lot of meetings. That's worthless. If your children see... The, the real you is that you really love Torah study. What are you supposed to do? You got to go to work. What are you supposed to do? You have meetings. They're, they're okay with that. They'll learn that studying is important as long as that when you have a chance to study, you say, you know, I want to study now because you want to instead of opening up a newspaper. We can give you a thousand examples of this, right? If, um, if, if it's important to you to talk nicely. That's important. You want your children to know that you talk nicely. Except that whenever you're, you're with friends, they hear your mouth and you're cursing, and you say to your children, like people said to me, oh, you know, well, with these people, you have to talk a certain way. So that, then it's not the real you. If the real you is that you need to have a nice way of talking, then even when you're with friends, it doesn't matter what the friends are doing. You don't talk the way. Your kids will see it. But it has to be the real you. So it can't be when the angel is telling Samson's parents that you have to, you have to act as the Nazir so Samson will learn how to act. They're not putting on a play. 
the angel is telling them, this has to become you. This is who you're going to become. And as long as it's important to you, your child will follow suit. Now, it seems once he was, once he grew up, I don't know at what age, um, they didn't have to do everything anymore. I'm not sure exactly what a line becomes, but that becomes clear in the story, which, which I would like to begin. So let's keep in mind, Samson becomes a judge. He's, he's the leader of the Jewish people. He's obviously a holy person. He's obviously a righteous person. He's, I mean, we have the list of judges. All these people we see were great people. But Samson has a problem. And the verse says it clearly. He follows his eyes. Samson follows his eyes. Even though there are things he does, it's clear that that's what God wanted him to do. And it even says that's what God wanted him to do. But Samson's not doing it solely because God wants him to do it. He's also doing it because he wants to do it. And that, unfortunately, it will lead to his downfall. But even in his downfall, he becomes a great person. Now again, we said in the last show, but we're re-delving into the story. The Jewish people are under the rule of the Philistines, the Plishtim. They do not deserve a leader at this point in their history to throw out the pollution from their land, but they do deserve to not be totally subservient to them. And as I told you, one of the things we're going to see is we don't even know how to pray. Samson knows how to pray. He knows how to talk to God. The rest of the Jewish people has no idea how to talk to God. So early in the story, you can decide whatever age you want, um, Samson informs his parents that he wants to marry a certain Philistine girl. He wants to marry her. And he wants his parents to take care of the... He wants his parents to make the arrangements. He should be able to marry her. Now, was that unheard of when the Philistines were in control? I have no idea. Certainly his parents weren't happy with it. The verse says that the parents didn't know that this was God's plan. So obviously the parents don't know, but they're going to listen. They have a relationship with their son, and for whatever reason, they're going to listen. I'm not sure why they're listening. Certainly, um, you know, I have people tell me all the time, it's important to them that their children marry somebody Jewish, get Jewish continuity, uh, stay in the family. So, uh, but that's not the conversation in this verse. But the verse says that Samson, that she was fitting in the eyes of Samson. Samson wanted to marry this girl. He sends his parents. Now, they're taking a trip to this city, to this Philistine city, to go to this girl. But they have to, they have to pass through a vineyard. So the parents can take the shortcut through the vineyard, but Samson is a Nazir. Um, he has to go the long way. So his parents go take the shortcut, and Samson's going the, going the long way. So again, by this point, it must be the parents are allowed to have wine. And... Um, on the way, he runs into a lion, or a lion runs into him. That would be a bad thing for the lion. Samson's strength comes from God. He's not a guy walking around that just beating up people. Every time he has strength, it says that the Spirit of God is upon him and he becomes strong. So he must be deserving almost all the way through the story. If he wasn't a great person, he wouldn't have deserved it. Right? So let's keep that in mind. 
So the lion comes to him, and he takes the lion, and he just rips its mouth apart. He just kills the lion on the spot. But Samson doesn't go bragging about it. He kills the lion, and he leaves it. And he, they go to the city, they make arrangements for the wedding, and then they go home. And at whatever date it was decided that they should go back for the, for the wedding. So now they're going back. And again, Samson's parents will take the shortcut. Samson goes around and he sees the lion that he killed is still there, but its mouth is filled with honey. So Samson actually takes the honey from that mouth and he eats some of the honey and he might, maybe had a jar, I don't know. And he, he puts away some of the honey and he actually gives it to his parents. He marries this plishti girl. And uh, at this wedding party, there's like 30 guys. There's 30 guys that are by the party. And they want a riddle. They want a riddle. So the basic, the bet is that if they can answer the riddle, Samson will give each one of them like a, like a set of linen and a pair of clothing. And if they can't, then they have to give Samson 30 linens and 30 pairs of clothing. What's the riddle? The riddle is from the eater comes food. From the strong comes sweet. Right? In other words, the lion who's the eater, the lion who's strong, comes something sweet. That's the honey in the lion's mouth. They can't figure out this riddle, right? It's not working. So these men go to Samson's new wife. And they tell her, you better give us the answer. You don't give us the answer, we're, we're going to kill you people. So these are all like, you know, gangsters. Um, they ain't, obviously are afraid of Samson. They must know he's a strong guy. But um, they don't go to him. So she goes to her husband, oh, yeah, like all good wives. Oh, if you really loved me, you would tell me the answer to the riddle. And Samson knows that this is all a game. And Samson is really looking for a way to infiltrate into the Philistines. And he's going to use every excuse in the book to, uh, to go to war with these people by himself. But each time, it's not anything about the Jewish people. Now, as if Samson's going to go fight, because you're starting up with the Jewish people, so then they're going to they're um, they're take their retribution against the Jewish people. Samson has to always make it personal. It's us, it's me, me, Samson, not me, the Jew. Me, Samson, against you rotten Philistines who are not nice people. Okay, so she goes, Samson, what's the answer? So he says, oh, it's the lion is the eater, and there's honey in the mouth of the lion, and that's the sweetness. Okay, so she tells them the answer. And they say, okay, we got the answer, you got to pay. Samson says, you cheated. So Samson goes out. He kills 30 people, 30 Philistines takes their clothes. This is debatable in the rabbis. Did he sell their clothes? Did he give those very clothes? In either case, he pays off the debt, but he's a little angry at his wife for giving over the answer. So he goes home. So what happens is the father takes Samson's wife. She's not divorced. He's just mad at her that she uh, gave the answer to the riddle. So the father takes his Samson's wife and gives her to one of the guys by Samson's party. Samson comes back a week later and says, hey, what's with my wife? So the father-in-law says, you know, she's not for you. I gave her to one of your friends. Marry one of her sisters. So Samson says, so who do you, who do you think you are? 
these Philistines uh, just because we had a bet and and I pay my bet. They don't. They cheated. I was allowed to kill those thirty people. I'll show you. So Samson goes ahead, and he gets himself three hundred foxes, ties their tails together, puts torches between each of those group of foxes, and he sets them through the fields of the Philistines. So you see, Samson's going ahead, and he is going to get the Philistines hopping mad, but they're mad at him. In all the stories, they're not angry. They're not. They're not taking it out on the Jewish people to get at Samson. Their, their, their whole goal is to fight with Samson. So as long as they're afraid of Samson, they're not going to fight with the Jewish people because he's going to keep fighting with them. Anyways, um, the Philistines first go back to the father to say, like, what's going on over here? And, uh, you know, why is Samson burning our field? Oh, well, you know, I had Samson's wife, and I gave her to another guy. I offered my other daughter. They said, what are you, crazy? So the Philistines kill the father and the daughter. Then, then the Philistines send an army to go get Samson. They go to the Jewish people and say, this Samson guy, a crazy guy. He just burnt all our fields. And his whole excuse was because we killed his father-in-law and his wife. So they sent 3,000 soldiers. The, the tribe of Judah sent 3,000 soldiers to go pick up Samson. So Samson says, oh, you could turn me over to the Philistines, no problem. But you can't hurt me. It has to be that you're giving me over to them. You're afraid of them. I understand. If you just pray to God, you'd find out that things would be fine. But you can't, you can give me over. I'll, I'll go peacefully, but you can't harm me. So the soldier says, no, Samson, we don't want to hurt you at all. You're one of us. But if we don't give you over, they're going to fight with us. So Samson's great. You give me over to them. Tie me up with ropes. So they tie Samson with ropes, and they deliver him to the Philistines, and the Philistines are ready to have it, have it out with Samson. Once Samson is given over, um, again, it says the Spirit of God is on Samson. He rips apart the rope like it's flax, it says. He takes a, a jawbone from a donkey, and he proceeds to kill a thousand Philistines. He prays, right? Um, he's just knocking them all. He's killing them all. So obviously he's a pretty strong guy if he just took a bone, not to get a sword or an arrow. He's wiping out these Philistines. But now, Samson, I guess after you kill a thousand people, he's like dying of thirst. He's dying of thirst. And Samson prays. Right? This is what the Jewish people are missing. They lost their whole power of prayer, understanding they're supposed to be talking to God. Samson prays. Water starts pouring out from the jaw of this donkey. Samson drinks it, and he's refreshed. At this point... Samson becomes the judge of the Jewish people for the next 20 years. For the next 20 years. So again, you, you see Samson is accomplishing what he's supposed to do. He can't throw the Philistines out. But they are petrified of this crazy man. They, they, they burn his first wife, and who they had a right to. Samson wasn't so upset about it, but, you know... Uh, you woke up a little too late for him, so he burns down your fields. You, you have him delivered it into your hands. He's right. He, he was given over. And he kills a thousand of you with a jawbone from a donkey. So 
so the Philistines are now petrified of Samson. They want to get him, but they don't know exactly, like, what do you do with this guy? Samson now become a judge of the Jewish people, so he's obviously a special righteous person, but he still goes after his eyes. And now it goes downhill. He goes to uh, one of their cities, and he sees a prostitute. doesn't really say if she's a Philistine or just a prostitute. And he goes to her house, and he hangs out with her till midnight. But he's in a Philistine city. So the Philistines say, hey, Samson's in our neighborhood. Crazy guy. Walking into our neighborhood. What is he thinking? Because he wants some prostitute. We'll take care of him. So we'll get him in the morning. Samson leaves the house at midnight, goes to the city gate. The gates have been closed, probably to keep Samson locked in. Samson rips up the gates with the crossbar over the gates, and he carries it to a mountain. Now, it sounds like not a nearby mountain. It sounds like it says the gate he carried to a mountain that faced uh, Hebron. Hebron is really way to the east, and the Philistine city was more to the west. But in any case... Just to scare the Philistines. But then you get to the final chapter in Samson's life. I don't think we're going to have time to finish it today. We'll have to see in the future. And he sees Delila. He loves Delila. Delila is from the word to dilute. She diluted his power. And the Philistines go to Delila and say, we will pay you 1,100 silver coins. And they probably made it sound like you have no choice. And uh, you gotta get you got to get the secret of Samson's strength. We, 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 we got to know where strength is coming from. And so she doesn't want to tell them right away. She's going to try different things. So she says, oh, tell me your strength. And he says, oh, you have to tie my hair with twelve with seven ribbons. And he says, oh, the Philistines are here. And he, he jumps up. She sees he's strong. And we are not going to finish the story right now. We are going to have to finish the story another week. But the music is playing. I hope you enjoyed it short and sweet. Thank you, of wonderful sons and listeners. You know, I can't do it without you. Thank you on the production team. I have Alan on the back. I hope I've with some food for thought. Until next time, I am Rabbi C. Jacobson. You've been listening to Let's Talk Torah on Enter Enter Streamcast. Until next time, don't forget to think about it. There's a house we can build Every room inside is filled With things from far away Special things